Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eastern Conference Confidential <laughs> Episode 7. Uh, it is yours truly, Evan Valella, once again, uh, back with Ryan Allen, Brendan Noody, and joining us. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited for this. Um, it's been like two or three weeks in the making. Everyone's schedule was weird, and he was kind of busy tonight, so we had to, to go back in an hour. But uh, from Cincy Soccer Talk, it is uh, Boston, the man, not the city. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. You are our guinea pig uh, in terms of guests, and I, I guess I, I felt bad um, for saying that Red Bull was going to run the table again, so I figured I'd throw a bone to FC Cincinnati, and here you are. Um, how's everyone doing? Doing well. Yeah, we got the uh, tail end of whatever blizzard New York City is suffering from up in Rochester. So, I mean, it's just another day up here. <laughs> Brendan, I, I love that consistently through the weeks, you are good for at least one upstate New York weather update. Here's the thing, though. Like, the biggest window in my apartment is right next to this desk that I'm sitting at right now. Mm. So the only time I really yeah. ever look outside is when I'm sitting here. <laughs> and it's always cold. It's always miserable. Uh, I, I I didn't really know how to work this in, but I guess I'll just do it now. <laughs> um, this is actually just an intervention because uh, I'm really tired of FC Cincinnati taking up all of the transfer news. <laughs> um. Yeah, Boston, you guys need to calm down. I, I don't know. I don't know if we know how to calm down. Uh, if we're not posting transfer news, then at least we have attendance updates for you. Okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many season tickets are we at now? Like 10,576? Is there a ticker? I did hear today that the new goal is 11,000 to 11,500. 10,000 was the goal, and then we raised it. Wow. But you gotta, <laughs> gotta gotta beat yourself, I guess. Now, apparently, yeah. well, that, um, that's higher than every other team in the East's you know, <laughs> average attendance for the season, right? It's higher than some team from the East attendance. Period. Just yeah. season tickets. <laughs> yeah, I know the big push was to take the last remaining attendance record from Sacramento, and, and mm. that, that, that'll do it. The ten thousand should do mm. it because I think they cap at ninety five hundred. Sounds right. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, you guys lost Luke Spencer, who played a little bit uh, last year, um, to Louisville City, who, for, for for two teams that really don't like each other, you guys seem to really like working with each other. <laughs> yeah, they're close. And it's kind of interesting, we get to watch each other throughout the year a lot, so um, kind of keep an eye on each other's players in a way there. We knew we were going to lose Luke Spencer, I think um, we reported it two weeks ago. And then we heard he was down there doing a trial, and we wish him the best. Uh, he's actually a really good guy. He played for our local indoor soccer team here in Cincinnati as well. So did uh, Luke Copano, who is now at Reno. And then uh, uh, the other news for you guys uh, recently was uh, Mansoray, loaned from, from uh, uh, Seattle. That one is exciting. I, Isn't I it? I don't know what to think about it. He's so young, but he's so he looks so good. Um, we interviewed a guy from Sounders at Heart who spoke very highly of him, uh, but he does have that um, youthful show air. 
<laughs> I don't even know how to describe it, but he's, I think he's going to be quick with his foot, but he's going to be showy and it might get him in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, your, it sounds uh, a lot like New York's Derek Etienne. Um, yep. I mean, and this guy doesn't necessarily sound like he's going to be replacing Sean O'Coley like for like, but you know, it could give you guys different options in the attack instead of going to a target forward. That's kind of your prototypical USL winger in a way. Um, or at least guys that we see move around and uh, maybe drop down the USL from MLS. It's guys with really good footwork. I know last year, um, Erica Yuk in Bethlehem was kind of the mm-hmm. same way. Really fast, really good footwork. It's just kind of maybe that uh, that final shot or final touch just isn't there. It's something that you know they drop down to see if they can work on that. Um, I mean, else- he was highly rated. Wasn't he listed at the top of the, the 20 under 20 list from, from USL? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um I, so. I off offhand I don't have the number. Um but he was not a uh not a guy that, that Seattle isn't gonna try to want to come back, if that makes any sense. Um Yeah, I I, I you guys conflict me so much over here in, in Cincinnati land. Because like you get all these guys, and I'm like, why did they get that guy? Um, like, as a Union fan, like, why did they get Jimmy McLaughlin? Um, and then they, like, they do well, and they're really fun to watch, and they score goals, and, like, Austin Berry is good now, which is weird. Um, <laughs> so, like, I want you guys to keep doing that because it's funny, and I get to go, oh, hey, it's that guy. But, like, I also at the same time, I just think you're a stacked roster, and it's going to turn into a two-team thing at the top of the East. Yeah, um, we did come out with a bang. I mean, I think that's because they have that end goal. Uh, as soon as FC Cincinnati was launched, it was launched with this. We're going straight to the MLS. Mm-hmm. And then they hire Jeff Birding, who ran the Bengals. Uh, and he turns it into this full-fledged game day operation. I mean, if you if you guys get a chance to come to an FC Cincinnati game, it doesn't even feel minor league. Nothing about it does. They've done oh. such a good job right. of making it feel like a Reds game or a Bengals game. And I think that's how come the, the communities bought in. Last year, people didn't even know what league we played in. They didn't mm. care. They had a good time, <laughs> and they got drunk, and they partied. And it was a blast. But I think they're going to keep signing big names, and I think you'll see a couple more even this season to make that push. Tampa's got Joe Cole, and they're going to mm. try to stay neck and neck right there with them. Mm. But it does worry me, though, because I really like the USL. And you're right. There are teams like uh, Pittsburgh or Bethlehem that are on the outskirts. Hey. And <laughs> <laughs> But just a different model in a way. Right. And they're going to take what's left. And I, I just want the Eastern Conference to be a powerhouse, to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And, and if you have an NASL-style buyout creeping in, it gets a little fuzzy. Yeah. Uh, from there, it only it only sounds natural that we we kind of skip around a bit. Um, talk about some of the expansion bids that came in. Uh, mm-hmm. We we only talk East Coast here, so we will only talk East Coast. Even though I will mention that uh, San Antonio and Sacramento were were involved as well. Um, Cincy, Tampa, Nashville, Charlotte, and uh, North Carolina FC, who are the uh, weird revived <laughs> hammerheads corpse thing. Um, yeah, I, 
there's not room for all these teams, guys. Like, I, I really think MLS Max is out at 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Brendan Ryan, I don't know if you guys have teams that you think are, are shoe-ins to get in. I think that's easier than trying to figure out who's left out. But uh, I mean, it me. comes down to like the politics of stadiums and who can acquire the property to a stadium, whose stadium needs the fewest upgrades in order to, to meet MLS standards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't know. That's like the minutia of sifting through city council meeting minutes and stuff. So, right. you know, I don't have, you know, I don't have the crystal ball in front of me and I don't know what each, uh, each expansion bid is relying on, you know, like what's the last thing to, to be put in place for each of the, each of the, the bids. Personally, for me, I feel like the MLS, since it's at least modeled towards what an NFL style, that it would max out at 32, just the same in each league. And I believe it have, out of that list that we just had, it'd be two teams from the Eastern Conference just try and keep the league balanced. And mm-hmm. back to what Brendan said, it all depends on stadium deal or something teams do may or may not have. And it also, for teams like Tampa, depends on whatever's happening in Miami or... Mm. whatever's happening in league politics and where they want to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's the other thing that struck me too about Cincy was, okay, you have momentum, you have John Harks, you have a good core of like, you know, fringy MLS guys, you have Sean O'Coley. Then they redid Nippert Stadium. And I went, okay, that's, that's a big deal. Because for a team like that, you know, who... Uh, at the time was still playing in the third division of American soccer to say we want to rebuild this huge stadium. Um, I, you know, I guess, Boston, what was kind of the, the thought at the time? You know, like, is it weird for you guys knowing that, that this in USL, like being this big fish and this kind of um, big pond full of other small fishes, I guess, uh, is it weird knowing that this isn't it for you guys? That there's another, like, you just want to keep expanding and, and, you know, seeing your stadium and, you know, not being able to buy tickets in the in the supporter section and stuff, is that problematic in a way for the fan base? Because I feel like that's something that, as outsiders, we don't hear any of. Sure, you're actually touching on a, a big bone of contention right now. Hey, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> well, it's kind of weird. You have all kinds of groups around town. One... We've seen a giant rise of the college football fans that are really, really ticked towards messing with their mm. stadium. And um, so, so that's been a little bit in the news, just, hey, why is this minor league soccer team coming in and screwing up our 100-year-old stadium? <laughs> and yes, you're right. They have MLS ambitions. However, there's no for sure, like you said, you guys don't have a crystal ball. Right. There's no guarantee we're getting in this thing. And if we don't get in this thing, are we yeah. going to be happy at the USL? I mean, I don't see what the success FC Cincinnati's had. Linder just throwing the whole thing out and, and quitting. So if we don't make it, I think you'll see us play at Nippert for a long, long time. Right. And that's why, we're, <laughs> that's why we're renovating it. If we do make it or get the okay, they'll break ground two months from then. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's my personal opinion. Right, right. I think that's why you don't see, like, us doing the Tampa Bay thing, where we're like, hey, this is our plan, this is what we're doing, this is the stadium. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they fully think, hey, we might we might be in Nippert, so why should we throw out a rendering right now? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then looking towards the towards the southeast, um, Ryan, I know you're kind of down there. Um, between, I guess Nashville, who is not a thing right now, uh, slated to come in next year. Charlotte, who is a thing, but they're having some weird things going on. And then uh, North Carolina FC, who doesn't have the best um, relationship with the community right now. Uh, if you had to pick one of those teams, you know, who would you go with and, and, and how would you go about trying to drum up interest for, for any of those? Well, out of those teams, I'd, I mean, I know the one MLS would probably most want to pick would be Charlotte, but out of the teams that are ready to make the jump, I probably would have to go with NCFC. Just They already have a team playing. They have their own stadium, albeit it's not perfect conditions and it's not in Raleigh, so they'll have to build a new one. But as far as building up interest, I would think building that new stadium downtown, attracting better players, and playing tougher competition. I think NCFC playing in the NASL did definitely hurt chances against Charlotte and Nashville, who would be coming into the USL mm-hmm. over the next couple of years. And Charlotte already having a team, they can at least play with the support they have in the city and compete for, not to harp on the NASL, but a more meaningful championship. Right. <clears throat> I mean, um, Boston, you had mentioned... Uh, this NASL model of buying players, and we just talked about, um, you know, uh, a couple NASL teams that, you know, buying all the, your players, buying USL and NASL experience players. Cincinnati built a roster last year doing that, and they've done the same thing going into this season. And, you know, it worked during the regular season. It was great. But in the playoffs, you know, when it comes down to one match, um, you, know, you got beat at home by Charleston. Um, I mean, do you think that model that the I mean kind of the NASL model of buying talented players players who are talented already is going to have success like I don't know enough America I don't watch enough American sports to know what the the analogy of a team that makes the playoffs but you know flames out every year is but like it's Cincinnati are you worried about that <laughs> in, in every sport <laughs> oh man um <sighs> no uh yeah no you're, you're right you can't always buy your way to the top, especially in a elimination-style tournament. And I think eventually you do win, but you're not going to you're not going to win as many times as you think. It's those elimination-style tournaments are the teams that get hot at the end of the year, and it doesn't matter if you have five Joe Coles. If you're cold going <laughs> into the into the playoffs, you're you're cold, and there's nothing you can do. Well, I, I think it, it goes back, too, to what you were saying earlier about just kind of the mentality between a Cincy and then, you know, someone who's affiliated. Um, you know, where it's, for you guys, it's, yeah, we want to win and we want to look well and we want to present well and we want to play well. And if we win the USL title, maybe that's another, you know, notch in our belt to get to MLS. Whereas for, you know, myself or Brendan covering Rochester and, and Bethlehem, it's, all right, who's the next guy or the next two or three guys that are going to come up through the system and impact the MLS team in, you know, three or four years. Um, which is part of why, without talking about it too much, I think the the New York City FC San Antonio thing right. is dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. Because uh, from experience for someone currently on this podcast, New York City doesn't send anybody. They didn't send a single uh, player to Wilmington 
last yeah. year and just let a few players trial at the end of the year, but those were all hammerhead signed <laughs> players, nothing to do with NYCFC. Um, and then on top of that, it would almost be like Boston if you guys sent uh, Ugo out to New York City and then just announced a partnership with them because then it doesn't turn into win everything you can. It turns into we're going to take your best players. I just don't want to see Ugo in San Antonio. No, <laughs> no, no. no. He, he, and, he's, he's the only other forward on their roster besides David Villa. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. I mean, Boston, do you think that winning the regular season and, you know, overcoming the hurdle in the playoffs is is necessary for your MLS push? Do you think it's even related to it? I mean, is are, is the, the focus on the fan engagement and the atmosphere at games and the giant sack of money? Or, you know, does does your record on the field, you know, is that at all related to the bid? I, I don't think it's... Related to the MLS, like I don't think Don Garber's going to be like, "Ooh, look, they won the USL." Like I don't think he cares. Mm. Uh, he's going to look at your win percentage over the course of the last four C four rating. Yeah, he's he's going to look at our checks we keep mailing him and he doesn't cash it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think who it will matter to is is the city. Mm. Um, we consistently have teams go to the playoffs and lose first round too. Like it's become a major <laughs> pattern with the Bengals uh, and, and the Reds if they ever get there again, and Hopefully. yeah. So our president Jeff Birding got on the radio, you know, local sports talk radio, and said, "We're going to give you a winning team. We're going to give you a team that wins in the playoffs." So, mm-hmm. and, and what's crazy is people start calling in and they start emailing and they said, "Oh my gosh, we we think that we have a team that that actually even talks about winning." And mm. and it built it really built and, and sent some waves out into the community, and now we have to kind of follow through on that. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, this is oh god. I, so I, I like to talk about things that we plan to do and then don't. We wrote out a whole list. There's a whole. It's beautiful. It's in order. There's a bunch of things, and it's not none of it's going to happen. Um, so we're talking about success in terms of, of team and how that's not necessarily important. Uh, on the subject of individual players getting called up to things, um, I guess we'll start with the U-20s. There's a bunch bunch of uh, USL vets or uh, probably you know guys that are going to be in USL next year that made uh, the U.S. and Canada's CONCACAF U-20 tournament rosters. Um, Austin Trusty, who was in Bethlehem last year, Tyler Adams, Tommy Redding, uh, Jeremy Ibobise, who's with the Timbers but played for Charleston. And then uh, on Canada, it's uh, Sean Hundel, um, Thomas Mayor Giguer, and uh, Aiden Daniels, Gabriel Boake, and uh, Luca, Luca Uccello. Sorry if I butchered any of your last names, gentlemen. Um, uh, yeah, I had the privilege of actually talking to Luca Uccello um, in Toronto after a game in Rochester, and he had um, – in a shot from like 20 yards out that somehow sneaked in the in the post and beat Rochester. Um, I don't know. That's not related to anything, but he's a really nice guy. He's a good uh, kid. <laughs> that's so... Trusty and Adams, um, that's pro- like, that is the center back pairing. Uh, it should be. Um, those two guys are fantastic, um, which I covered there by praising one of my guys by praising a guy that plays for Red Bull. See what I did? So you can you can say that one of your players is really good if you say something <laughs> good about your rival. 
Um, and then Tommy Redding, who's who's done some really good stuff for Orlando City B, and um, Iba Bisa is one of the, the top guys coming out of the draft. Uh, good for those teams, good for those players. Um, again, that's none of those teams are really in contention for being yeah, brought up in the MLS, but, you know, um, more of an indicator that USL is not a reserve league. I know that was a, a big thing that went around earlier this week, but it's it's really turning into a place for for young national team talent to, to make a name for themselves. Yeah, I think the, the players that come in, the young players, they're good enough, they're of a high enough quality that it doesn't dilute the, the product on the field. I mean, some of these guys are 18, 19. They, they come into MLS two sides, they get a run of two or three games, and then they go back to the academy. It's not like this team is, unless you're FC Montreal, is just putting out a bunch of 19-year-olds and, and calling it a day. Yeah. Um, so it, it works on the devel- developmental side, and it doesn't have um, a detriment on the, you know, the quality of play. Uh, Ryan, the six degrees of separation for Wilmington Hammerheads continues. Um, Christian Basagog, uh, the African Cup of Nations man of the tournament uh, for Cameroon. I've never seen a bunch of uh, probably white Americans get so excited for anybody <laughs> in Cameroon before. Um, you probably saw him two years ago. Care to enlighten us a little bit, maybe? Yeah, he was definitely a big player for the Hammerheads. It was a joy watching him play. I remember during the offseason that the coaching staff actually deliberately took a trip to Cameroon to sign players, and he was one of the stellar standouts. It was kind of disappointing halfway through the year when it was the clubs touted as the first international transfer when he went to um, Aalborg and Denmark. But to see him perform at such a high level so quickly represents how well oh, he was of a player here in the States and here – over in Europe. In fact, when he made best player and team of the tournament, he was playing alongside players from the Dutch League, um, Amarte from Leicester City. So to almost scale up that quickly from third, at the time, third division American soccer to um, alongside Premier League teams just show the type of potential players in this league could have. Yeah. Well, uh, Ryan, you'll like this. Uh, on the bench, uh, watching Christian Basagog play was Clinton Njai, who <laughs> in 2015 was playing for Tottenham Hotspur. And in 2015, Christian Basagog was playing in Wilmington. Um, which, I don't know, gives you, I don't know, the sky's the limit for some of these guys. Um, you just need the right opportunity to show what they can do. And that's, I mean, that's why USL exists. Yeah, I, you couldn't remember how many, but I've read throughout all the UK newspapers, The Guardian, The Mirror, they always and everyone mentioned that a couple years ago Christian Basagog was playing in the lower levels of American soccer, won't even call it the fourth division, which I'm sure Ooh, was wait. based off of the Hammerheads recent relegation, but <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody looked up Wilmington Hammerheads on Wikipedia. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure that's probably what happened, and it was from The Guardian, but the fact that the league is getting this international exposure from alums from the league just show how well these players can improve, that it's important to have these international superstars playing in the league itself. Yeah. Um, 
Brendan, I guess we'll let you talk about the Frigger. I guess. I know it's... Um, well, I mean, I don't really have much to say. The Rhinos are usually quiet at the beginning of preseason. Um, they announced the Frager, and they announced some random forward from Cape Verde uh, a couple it. days later. Um, Cape Verde's league isn't fully professional, so I don't know why they're really touting a signing from um, a tiny semi-professional league. Eh. But the Frager, um, you know... I think last episode I said that the Rhinos don't sign guys that have two years of USL experience, and then three days later they go out and sign a guy with two years of USL experience. Um, they were they were waiting for you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they're running their entire front office based on this podcast. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Name something that you don't expect them to do but want them to do, like right now, and then they'll do it by next week. It'll be great. Like, yeah. say they're going to make a huge move for, like, Joe Cole and somehow get a draft pick in the Super Draft next year. Right. They're going to they're gonna go after a former Premier League striker and hope it works out go. better than Collins John worked in Pittsburgh or Carlton Cole mm. worked in Sacramento. Mm. Uh, speaking of, of the Riverhounds, um, who we love so much, kind of. Um, <laughs> um, we appreciate uh, that they exist. I think it's the best. There way to we go. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a pretty stadium that they should never leave, even though they want to. Um, Maloto leaving them, which is interesting. I uh, I thought they were going to make a decent splash this year, and now I'm not so sure about how that's looking because that's a big name for them to, to lose. Um, he yeah. left for a team in the Western Conference who we won't really talk <laughs> about, but you know. Um. I'm not entirely sure who had the the tweet. I, I'm gonna say it was John Krasinski who was quoting um, their coach, uh, Pittsburgh's coach, who said that Maloto had the highest upside of any player that he's ever seen um, at this level. You know, so I don't know. Hopefully, Why he you? works better, worked out better than Rob Vincent getting 25 minutes for DC. Um, but. I also have to make an obligatory Carl Wiemet joke here, um, because whenever I bring up the Riverhounds, I just immediately think of um, <laughs> Romeo Parks kicking him in the back. I so, mean, that's probably why we met there it is. Got the, to the you went to the city farthest away from Pittsburgh. It's true. The team in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh man. Um. <laughs> yeah, the Deltas love it. Um, what else we got? Carolina Challenge Cup. Ryan, did you put that there? Yeah. Yeah, you did. You're a tournament-friendly <laughs> guy. What's what's the what's the Carolina Challenge Cup, Ryan? Tell me. So it's, um, I guess an annual tournament. They didn't ha- hold it last year in Charleston, where they the Battery invite three MLS teams this year, and it just so happens that it's their affiliate Atlanta. Columbus Crew and MLS Cup champion Seattle and I think it's really interesting to see the experience that Atlanta United will get on the field especially against their own affiliate and potentially see what loanies go over to Charleston as they continued their affiliation deal for another year I think the uh, Florida Cup and the Carolina Cup winners should should just play each other and then uh USL just, Super Cup. Just call it a year yeah. after that. Just, just call it like King of Preseasons Cup. Ooh, <laughs> love it. The grand champion of preseasons. And then I don't know why all these USL teams go on IMG Academy separately and never play each other. That's that's the that's the weirdest thing. <laughs> <laughs> like like we're uh, going Cincinnati's going down, 
yeah. then uh, we're just playing some MLS teams. And then uh, oh, you got some MLS Louisville teams. coming down yeah. like, right around the same time frame. Well, you guys weren't going to travel together. Unless you guys, is it is this like a weird like you guys don't hate each other and it's all just a ruse to try to get us to think that you guys hate each other so that like you both come in the MLS and we're like rivalry and then it turns into like nothing. Yeah, it's it was pretty bitter last year, but now that St. Louis is back in the East, they're trying to Louisville's trying to get their thing going with St. Louis again and pretending like we don't exist. Yeah, yeah. that's an easier target, definitely. I mean, did you guys laugh? when um dakers and aiden quinn came over and you know on top of whatever quality they bring to the team because they came from louisville yeah, oh, yeah. how many high fives did those guys get immediately yeah there was a lot of tweeting back and forth uh reddit got a little testy there too for a little for, for a day <laughs> but um no dakers excited me mm-hmm. a lot and then i went and watched him practice last week uh, I, I got to go to a media practice and then I developed a man crush on him. Okay. <laughs> they, so I call into our podcast from the practice, and they're like, I'm doing like a, a live man on the scene type of thing. Love Cause, it. Because we're, we're, we're live. At, it just so happens at the same time as the practice was, so we thought it would be pretty cool. And they're like, talk about, you know, what's going on down there? And I was just like, I love Dakers. He's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, really? Anything else? And I'm like, Oh, Dacre scored a goal. And you're like, yeah, why didn't we sign him earlier? Uh, yeah, man, God, you guys are going to be not fun to play. Um, really fun I, to watch, though. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be a good season. I think, I think Cincinnati will be better than last season. I don't think we're going to come out of the gate almighty. Like, I'm predicting I'm going down to Charleston for uh, game one, and I'm – we we have never won down there. Like, I know we've only got one year under our belt. I was gonna but. say, I'm like, that's really not a large <laughs> sample size. I'm going down there, and if we lose, I'm gonna cry all the way home. So Charleston will have that. We'll have that on me. <laughs> They'll just put your tears in a little vial and put it in a trophy mm-hmm. case at the Three Lions Pub. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, the the North Carolina FC is becoming Bethlehem Steel NASL team. A little weird. Um, <laughs> Bolu left. Uh, well, he didn't leave. They get, traded him. Whatever. Uh, I act like I don't care. Uh, he he was a big part of that of that midfield slash defense. Um, but uh, no, he goes to the NS, NASL. Uh, reunites with Mickey Daly. And, uh, you know, hope he does well. I don't um, I don't think his ceiling was as high as I initially thought it was, but I still think he could be an MLS guy. Um, we still need to find a center back, ideally. Um, we also only have, like, ten people on our roster currently today. Um, so we need to figure that out and get to 12 before the end of April. Uh, so we got time. We got plenty of time. It's like two months. Guys, I could be waiting here for a month and a half for, like, two guys to sign. Um, you have all those. MLS makes, what, cuts next week or the week after? Uh, yeah, I mean, depending on who you're talking to, we're already doing it. So. <laughs> and I, I think you'll see a lot of guys come down and and 
sign right then. In yeah. fact, I'm a little worried about teams like Cincinnati and Tampa that have already got like a pretty decent sized roster because there's not a lot of room left for anybody else. Right. And, and what if what if just stars fall from the sky? Joe Cole just so. drops from Tampa Bay. <laughs> Um, well, and it's, it's interesting too, cause you know, the other thing is, is USL affiliates, you know, there's the one season long loan that we're given, um, as well as international slots. So like for, for, uh, this is just because I know the most about it for the union. Like they have, uh, one or like no international slots left. Um, but Bethlehem has like three. So, you know, what might end up happening is you'll see Aaron Jones, and, um, you know, someone else who's, or like, you know, Eric Ayuk or something, uh, pop up in USL just so that they can get playing time and, you know, it's international slot that the first team didn't have and they don't want to, you know, like cut the guy because there might be something there. Um, it's a very, very weird dichotomy between MLS affiliate, not MLS affiliate, just in terms of, you know, how much room they have, what they can do, what they're looking for, um, the quality of team. Yeah, because even the guys that Bethlehem would sign on USL contracts that aren't necessarily in camp now, there's still going to be guys that you want to have upside, um, whereas another team is going to try to win a title um, and sign the guys who are best right now instead of guys who um, have the, the potential to, to make a move up to MLS. Um but, Evan, what are the chances of Aguchi Anyewu coming oh. to Bethlehem? Oh, so bad. Uh, <laughs> because not, uh, it was, what, what did we count it out, 100 and, 103 weeks I think. since he's played competitive soccer and in his first yeah. preseason game for the Union, he got um, sent off? So, let me put it this way. I'm trying. <laughs> I... I just really, I really want it to happen. I just, I really, like, I need it. I need. So you're going to say that we shouldn't be surprised if he announces he has his coaching badges by the end of the summer. Okay, well, that too. So I need, I need Aguchi <laughs> Yewu, and then in front of him, I need Fred. Right. And I need Mo. <laughs> and I need, um, where did um, Antoine Apeno go? Reno? Is he in Reno? Give him back. I just want, basically, I just want, like, all 11 guys on Bethlehem Steel at one point to be, like, the 2012 Philadelphia Union. So, like, I need Danny Mwanga and Freddie Adu back from Tampa Bay. I need I need Corbin Bone and Austin Berry back from Cincy. I need um, just John McCarthy. Uh, Brian Brown's in Charlotte. That's great. I'll take him. Connor Casey can play a game and get sent off again in, like, 12 seconds. Right, you don't um, need you don't need that much stamina to get. No, I I don't I don't need any stamina. What are you talking about? There's no offside rule. <laughs> you should be able to pick uh, Freddie to do it pretty cheap right now. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it's fine. It'll work. Um, yeah, but, but no, it's, it'll he be needs great. To play I, I, higher level. Seriously though, I don't with... think you'll see. Uh, I don't think you'll see Gooch in USL. Um, I've been wrong before. I, whatever. I wouldn't have said you're going to see Marisa do in USL last year. So what do I know? Um. <laughs> But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. I think you'll see uh, Austin Trusty gets to be the season-long loan, um, just because it's a logjam at center back right now of guys that aren't exactly there yet. And I think Trusty is just the youngest and needs minutes and isn't is farthest away from being an MLS level. 
But hey, we have a Jamaican international on our team. Yay. Corey Burke. <laughs> With an R. There's no E. I get to talk about this on a podcast. There's no E. C-O-R-Y and then Burke. No E. Stop it with the E. Thank there's you. an E it in took, Burke, right? There's an E in Burke at the end, but there's no E in Corey. It took the club and myself like four months to figure that out, but we did it. So now everyone else gets to gets to learn too. Um, oh man, Boston. Uh, I, let's just let's play this game. Um, it is currently February the tenth, time of recording. Um. What like where does Cincinnati finish come October? Huh. I think Cincinnati finishes second. Okay. In the table. Um I'm not sure who's first. There's a the the go to's Tampa, but there there are two other teams that I think are a lot better than people other people think. Um St. Louis won with Precky and then they had a hey. slew of signings. Everybody <laughs> forgets. Like they kicked off right right after the off season, they they mm-hmm. get Brecky and they just they bam 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 they signed some great guys and and yeah. since, since they did everything early, people have kind of forgot about it. And Ottawa, Ottawa still has some quality yep. in ASL guys, and they just haven't made any big off season moves yet. And it, but it doesn't change the fact that they pretty they have a pretty good stacked roster. Yeah. So I yep. mean. I see all of those teams. Louisville's always in the running because they have a great head coach um, in Connor who somehow can find diamonds in the rough with, with a lower budget than everybody else. Was that yeah. a dig? I feel like that was a dig. Yeah, I mean, those are the same teams that I would have up at the top. Um, yeah, I don't want Ottawa to be good because gonna I be think good, we though. play them. But, yeah. Um, they put out a little video on Twitter that was, I think, a, a trialist, and then Lance Roseboom, who played for the Rhinos for, I think, two seasons. Did that um, take your heart out of your to, chest? Yeah. Was that the I third part of the video? It was trialist Rosenboom, your heart in a jar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, and he was talking about how the the squad now is it's younger, it's leaner, it's fitter, and it's hungrier than it was mm-hmm. last year. But it's not. It didn't lose any quality. Um, so yeah. that's those are all dangerous things um, in an opposition. Um, so especially a team that sets up defensively, you don't want dynamic forward uh, attacking midfielders. Um, so they're they're a lot scarier than I think I was giving them credit for uh, just a couple months ago. Ryan, since we're going around the horn, do you have any uh, dark? Yeah, I'd have good to agree. I'd have to agree with you guys on, (laughs) yep, Precky. I'd have to agree with you guys on FC Cincinnati being at least top three of the conference, especially around Louisville, St. Louis, Tampa. Uh, I'd at least put in a wild card team of at least the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I mean, they are the defending champs. I mean, it all hinges on who the team puts out as their roster. It could be a middling playoff team, or they could have as much depth as they did last year and return to absolute, just completely great form. So I'm still waiting for what they would put out, but I would definitely put FC Cincinnati as at least two or three in the East, withholding some results from other teams. Yeah, that's the thing about the two teams. You never know. Like Some of them are going to go development, and some of them are going to go 
mm-hmm. no, we're gonna we're gonna try to win this thing. And last year that was clearly the Red Bulls to <laughs> go hole. And and they also had a stacked roster. Uh, they <laughs> lost some of those guys. Luckily, several of them went west, so they're out they're out of our way for now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and and so this is where I I talk about what Red Bull Two did this time last year, which is also get rid of a bunch of people and replace them with you know relative unknowns. Um, we took Adam the Gem off their hands for you, so you're welcome. Um, but yeah. It, uh, it's crazy because they they won literally everything last year, basically. And it took us, you know, four people to bring them up in, like, who's going to be good in the East this year. Um, so I don't know why that is. I don't know if that's because it's it's just kind of implied that they're going to be good or we, we really don't know if they're going to be good or not or, or what. But uh, it'll be very interesting. They play a couple of good games early in the season, so we'll see how that all shakes out. I'm really actually – chomping at the bit for this whole thing to kick off in April. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. I mean, they definitely March the for the rest of you. <laughs> uh, Red Bulls 2 definitely have all the pieces to do the same thing they did last year. Um, and what I think is hasn't been brought up yet, but the, the thing that gives them an edge over other teams is the depth they can call on um, whichever academy player is hot that week. They can name him to their academy roster spots, bring him up. They did that with a full, They had like I don't know, a dozen different fullbacks last year. Yep. Um, yeah. And they would just cycle through. So if a guy is not 100%, you know, you can call up an energetic 17-year-old who's going to run around a lot, um, which is a luxury that some of these other, some other USL teams don't have where, you know, you might play a guy who's not, who's, you know, 70-30 and then they aggravate an injury. But Red Bulls can, can rest guys if they're questionable because they have just, they have one of the best academy systems in the country and they lose guys to other teams all the time um they lose their best (laughs) every year they lose their best player to a european academy um and they have as you saw as you mentioned evan with um najem they don't have Mm -hmm. space for all of their pro level prospects so you know cycling through players isn't going to be an issue it's not going to be a hindrance for them and they have this huge stable of energetic exciting and, and, and fast players that can just take up minutes in USL. So Najem was goofy um, because I think if you hypothetically go to anybody and you say, all right, your rival team or like, you know, the team that's 45 minutes across a bridge from you guys is going to take the crown jewel of your academy this year, you would go, no, no, they're not. Um, and on top of that, you go, also, they're just going to pay, like, right to first refusal, which who knows what that means, um, and, like, a second-round pick. Uh, and you would go, right, no thanks. Um, but it happened. So it's – and that's not a knock against Adam the Jeff. Um, I think he's going to be great. And I, I think, uh, at least talking with a bunch of the once Metro guys, that that was a steal. Um, but the amount of faith – and the amount of, of belief, even, that Red Bull have in their academy to consistently produce players is that high, that's insane. Um, because a lot of clubs don't even have, you know, one or two guys in the academy that can make it up to, to MLS. Does, uh, has any, have any of you guys heard anything about the VAR since we're on the topic of Red Bulls and, and, and it was that technology that always magically somehow helped them? Oh. 
Uh, uh, it, was it. They, it's they always going to magically Moscow help uh, Manchester United now in the United States. <laughs> they used it in um, was it Portland's. I don't know. There was some yeah. MLS preseason game either yesterday or the day before that they used it, and I think Portland's doing weird stuff in the preseason. But um, I don't know, everybody was still complaining about how long it took. Yeah, I was just wondering if it was going to be back in the USL, uh, if it was just going to be one team that has it again, or if we're just going to go, like, full-fledged, dedicated to it, or not at all. Uh, I, I So last year, from what I heard, uh, a lot of the problem with – well, I'll do it the other way. A lot of the reason why it was only at RBA is because they were the only place that could consistently host that material and not have anybody else – stumble upon it like it was kind of weird because it felt like the usl was kind of worried that someone was going to steal all this shit and it's like i don't know who they think (laughs) needs a bunch of soccer review equipment but apparently it was enough people that they only had it in red bull arena i don't know hey somebody tried to steal a tv from uh salem stadium a couple years ago there you go (laughs) it wasn't you right uh it took too long all right good uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man uh, gentlemen, any anything else? I, but okay, try. Let's try this. Uh, I'm gonna make this a thing every week, but uh, we'll we'll guinea pig it with Boston. Uh, there's probably an influx of of new people coming in the USL this year. Uh, just with getting the Division Two and and all this talk about MLS expansion, whatever the hell that means. Uh, you have like don't take all night but like pitch me fc cincinnati in terms of of why i should i should become a fan of them other than a really good color scheme <laughs> um fc cincinnati is is kind of taking the city by storm here it's not a gimmick uh, i think a lot of people thought it's a year one thing it's definitely going to get bigger and better. And, and yeah, you know, eventually there will be a year it regresses, but it's not going to be this year, and I don't think it's going to be next. Cincinnati's kind of a city that's had a, had a bad streak in the early 2000s and the 90s, and then all of a sudden, in the last five years, millennials have started flooding back into the city, um, moving downtown. Downtown's like the coolest place in the world. And five years ago... <laughs> You were, like, scared to go down there. And, and that's where all our bars and our, and our, and our restaurants are. And, and it's, it's exciting to see, but that's where you're seeing. You're seeing all these people flood the city and, and, and millennials, and they all want to watch soccer. And now we have dedicated soccer bars, and it, it, it's exciting. It's a really cool place. And, yeah, I encourage anyone who has a chance just to see it while it's young and USL. Mm. And it's exciting. Yeah. That's the uh... – you touched on one of my favorite things with with uh, the league as a whole, um, and I, I'll, I'll be sappy and, and stupid for a second. But I think um, I haven't been in maybe other than than the SB Nation soccer community as a whole. Um, but uh, I haven't seen a group of of clubs, of of media, of fan bases um, interact and want to genuinely help each other do everything uh, as much as I have with the USL. Um, I could thank like 25 people off the top of my head for putting this whole thing together. 
Um, so yeah, get it on the ground floor. Um, cause, cause for a lot of these clubs, you're going to want to see them before the tickets are like $85. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, uh, Boston, where can people like find you on Twitter or like outside or on other podcasts? <laughs> like sure. outside, like on the street. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, where do you get your groceries? Uh, what GPS soccer specific bar do you go to? Yeah. Yeah. Like a P.O. box. Hey, they're building the, the world's largest Kroger in my town. Does that count? There you something? go. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, so uh, I'm on Cincinnati Soccer Talk uh, on Twitter at Cincinnati Soccer Talk. Personal is at Boston Keith. And those are the places you'll find me all the time. Or on really? Reddit, Mr. Pushpop. I, I just, I, I'm killing the USL and, and FC Cincinnati subreddits every day. All right. All right. <laughs> Uh, for the other lovely gentlemen who are on this podcast, although it is pinned on our Twitter, see that, see that, that's called a really good segue at ECC pod. Uh, you just go there. Then the first thing that pops up is all of our handles, but, uh, I am at Valella. That's V is in Victor. I L L E L L A B S F C. Uh, you can also get a hold of us at, uh, mailbag. All right. No, hold on. ECC mailbag at gmail.com send us an email we'll read it on air maybe don't curse a lot and we'll think about it uh <laughs> ryan where can people find you you can find me on twitter at ilm underscore ryan it's the airport abbreviation code for wilmington bring yeah. back that tradition yeah tradition. brendan if i was a louisville city fan and wanted to voice my displeasure about your franchise that you choose to follow and write about where would i find you uh well don't do it yet but um i'm going to post i want to put a pin the video there was a yeah. diving header in a cincinnati game um at home i, th- I think it might have been a game tying goal or game winning goal and just the instead of you know pitching a uh you know spitting your pitch about why people should pay attention to fc cincinnati just show them the crowd reacting to that goal um, <laughs> i legitimately got like goosebumps and the hair on my neck stood up and to think that that's in the middle of like nowhere in ohio that nobody in like nationally is thought of as a soccer hotbed then to see people like they didn't mm. have experiences you know soccer fans they didn't know how to react they, people in the stands were losing their minds just screaming mm. um and you know that in and of itself is a great endorsement or uh, advertisement but um once i find that video louisville fans can can uh, enjoy it with me at <laughs> doherty soccer on twitter d-o-h-e-r-t-y soccer oh man uh, yeah, so this has been uh, Eastern Conference Confidential. The confidential part is you don't know where we record this. Spoiler, it's, uh, it's a bunch of uh, we're part of the uh, We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. Uh, you can follow us at uh, bgn.fm, also uh, at uh, bgn, at the bgn.fm. Uh, on Twitter is the, is the hub site for all of us. Um, give Cincy Soccer Talk a listen. They're really nice guys, and I'm not just saying that because one of them happens to be on the podcast with us today. Uh, Seriously, I'm doing it again. Everybody I've talked to out in Cincinnati has been wonderful uh, in terms of digging up information and um, telling me how much it's going to hurt when my team loses like 3-1 to them. (laughs) Uh, But on behalf of Brendan Ryan and Cincy Soccer Talk's Boston, uh, this has been Evan Valella for Episode 7 of ECC pod. It's like we're a real podcast. Uh, (laughs) Until next time, take care.